Hi, and welcome to Whole Heart Transformation. I am Melissa Alguera, your personal identity life coach. Let's go to the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to Whole Heart Transformation. Today I want to discuss with you the ideal growing environment. Now, this concept comes from character formation coaching, which is what I've been trained under for the last couple of years. And I love this model. In fact, I've adopted it so much that I'm taking what Aaron Eggman, the founder of character formation coaching has created, and I'm going to put it into a training for coaches. So you'll be able to see that really soon. Um, We're hoping to launch that sometime in the summer of this year. With that being said, The ideal growing environment consists of a few things. This is grace, truth, and time. Now, all of these things are really hard for us because, well, first of all, if we're not giving ourselves grace, and we really don't want to spend a lot of time doing this because we live in a cookie cutter society that is like microwave fast, we've got McDonald's, we've got fast food, anything at our fingertips. We don't like that. We don't like the time. And certainly we struggle with, you know, going into the truth of why we may think the way we think or why we may do the things that we do. And so all of these ingredients are the ideal space for growing. And if we are not experiencing change, it's probably because we haven't allowed ourselves enough time to get to where we need to go in order to heal. So think about it from the perspective of, I've talked about this before, like zero to 25. Okay. We, this is where we learn life. This is where we learn to function either inappropriately in life or appropriately. Okay. So if we don't have the tools to deal with life, to face and feel, to stay in reality, to be present, if we don't have the tools growing up, if we didn't get that skill, you know, developed into us, then we have to do something else in order to manage emotions, embody beliefs. Embody beliefs are things that we believe about ourselves, that we say to ourselves when we're in any situation of how we think and feel about ourselves or life. And so those show up often. And like mine was, um, what was mine? I'm trying to remember what mine was. I had one that was really specific that I went through just recently over the last month. Oh, the embodied belief that I had was that um, anything that good that comes to me that is good will be taken away. So this was an actual embodied belief that I had, and it was playing out in my life. I would find situations subconsciously that would play this out. And I didn't even know it was just happening to me. And so these are the types of things that take time to unpack. Like it's something that's been there for probably since birth. You know, there's something I felt like I was born into that thought process that if I had something good, that it would be taken from me. And so you may not know exactly why you have these embodied beliefs, um, but you will be able to discover what they are and undo them with time and with a lot of grace. The hard thing is, is when we are expecting a change and we kind of get fatigued, not to say that we shouldn't expect change, change should be happening and occurring. But when we're expecting it at a microwave rate, instead of bacon in the oven rate, 
then we're going to have problems because we're going to feel hopeless or we're going to going to experience disappointment after disappointment when we're not seeing the changes that we want within ourselves or maybe even within our partner. We're wanting them to be a certain way quicker. And the really difficult thing about that is it puts us in a state of constant um, angst. We're not able to give grace from a space of angst because we are expecting things to move a lot quicker than what we're seeing. And we won't extend the grace to ourselves or to someone else from that place. So why the ideal growing environment? Well, that's because when you're a kid, think about all the repetition that you have to do in order to get things, you know, right or correct. Think about when you were a kid and you learned to tie your shoe, you had to do it over and over and over and over again to be able to remember how to do it, <clears throat> get your body to do it, right? Your body had to remember how to do that and having the tactile, you know, uh, capacities to tie your shoe. And these things took time. And this is exactly the same when we're undoing something that we need to change and heal in. We have to give ourselves and others the time to process or find the right resource in order to heal those parts of us that are not healed yet or that are not developed. And if you think about it from the perspective of from zero to 25, you should have been equipped for it. This is the time zero to 25. And I always say zero because, you know, whatever is happening in mom, you like when you're in the tummy, um, whatever's happening in mom is affecting the child. The child is feeling the anxiety. The child is feeling the fear or whatever. The the child is being developed under that as well. <clears throat> so with that being said, it's so important that even to understand that when there is stress and duress in the womb, this is going to translate over into life. Now, the child will not remember as an adult what happened while in utero. However, the body itself will remember. And so, you know, this, this was like kind of what I was talking about. I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but about how, when I was little, I had something happen to me that was violating and I didn't know about it, but my body remembered it. And so my body would respond when I would have this overwhelming, you know, sensation, I would respond by going and eating something to medicate that sensation because I didn't know cognitively what was happening, happening inside of me. But once I discovered that there was a young part of me that had been violated, that was acting out in a way, I was able to meet that part of me with love and grace and mercy amongst other people and allow other people to give relational nutrients to that part of me. So that part of me can begin to heal and be seen and be cared for and have nutrients given to it. But without, you know, I mean, I've been in this process for many years now of healing, and I just discovered this part of me that was an infant. I'm 41. So to say that like somebody should be arriving by now, or they should have discovered a piece of them that is causing them to act or behave in a way that we don't like, that is unreasonable because that person maybe doesn't have the capacity to even face what is in front of them. 
And that's the other part of this. You know, we, we tend to not understand that it takes a level of capacity within ourselves to be able to face reality. And if we're not able to face it, it's not because we're bad or because, you know, something is wrong with us. It's more of like, oh no, like you didn't have the tools that you needed as a child to be able to face difficult situations, to be able to process them through and to be able to make new meaning. Like you weren't able to do that. You weren't given that skill set. And so as an adult, you are still in that place. Now, why time? Well, if you think about it from the perspective of however long you've been pushing a part of you away. So let's say like the example of, of me. I've been using a, um, a food source to deal with anxiety instead of being curious with the anxiety and what's happening inside of me. Because I wasn't curious with that anxiety and I would just go, you know, it was like an automatic bodily response. I like the anxiety came, it was in this one place at this one time in my body and timing actually does matter by the way. Um, most likely it could, it could have been that the situation that had happened was maybe in that time frame. I don't know, but there's a certain time of day that I would feel this level of anxiety. And then I would have to go and deal with that anxiety by putting something in my mouth, specifically some sort of sweet treat. Okay. And so I, or salty, some like chips and salsa or something like that. That's, those were my two go-tos. And so as I was doing that and repeating that cycle and not being curious for many, many years of, huh, I wonder why I'm doing that. Because I kept doing that particular behavior. Then it took a lot longer to get in touch with what it was that I was pushing away. Can you imagine? It's like an onion. You, you hear this term all the time, but I want to give you a different perspective of this. Okay. So you have this onion. Okay. And it has all of these layers. Well, the reason why there's all these layers is because of all the years that layers were piled on top of it. Okay. So underneath in the core is the reason is the part that's been alone and isolated and that has been experiencing emotions and bodily sensations that it cannot face and feel because it's been alone to deal with that. So then there's the coping mechanism that covers over that, right? And then we've got it more, right? And we just got more layers and more layers and more layers. And the reason why it takes time is because we have to pull back each layer. So sometimes we can get to it fairly quickly. Most of the time, it is something that has to be pulled back layer by layer, bit by bit, piece by piece, because it's been going on for so long. And it is a good thing that we did do that. And let me tell you why. Because without finding a strategy to deal with the emotion that you were not able to feel and deal with, that was too much because you were alone and incapable, without having another strategy to deal with that or avoid it, we would die. You know, you think about babies that are orphaned and they are not cared for, they will die because they are not able to survive on their own without touch, without love. I often think about kids and I had a conversation with my daughter this, this one time, cause we were at a children's museum 
And we were talking about, we had seen like a, a foster girl there and we were talking about the, the odd dynamics that came, that come from a lot of kids who have been in foster homes that did not get touch in an appropriate way, you know, like where they weren't loved or seen or cared for and how they behave so differently. It's like, they're a lot of them. They they're very similar. They, they kind of like, like are trying to take from you a lot. And we were just discussing this because we had noticed it when we were at this children's museum, there was a little girl that was a foster um, child. And she had told us like, I don't have any parents. Like I'm a foster kid. And she was just like trying to consume us. And we were like, oh my gosh, like we're, like we're trying to be kind and, and listen to her. But she, but there was, there's, it's like, you know, I say this a lot, but it's like a bucket without a bottom. And so unfortunately, because she didn't have the basic needs, which I, I say basic needs are much more than what we think. A lot of people think basic needs is like shelter, food, clothing on your back. No, no, no. Basic needs are love, comfort, attunement, um, you know, attachment. These, these are the basic needs to be able to be seen and heard, to be validated and understood. Those are basic needs that we have as people. Yes, obviously food and clothing and shelter are a part of those needs, but that would be a lot of it from just knowing that that's, that's common sense. But to a lot of people, the other things that I, I mentioned, the emotional piece doesn't seem like that's basic needs. Those are basic needs. We come out of the womb on to the chest of the mother to be comforted immediately. We go straight into attachment and bonding from the moment we are born. That's why you nurse, you know, as a mother right away as soon as we're born, because we need that comfort food and the comfort and the protection and the safety of being in and, and in and on another body, right? This is, this is how we get these needs met from the beginning. Now, can you imagine, which for some people, this may have been their case that they don't go into the arms of their mother. They go straight out. Now, sometimes this happens by medical emergencies. So that child has gone straight away from mom and is put in some sort of incubator. And that child is not having the touch that it needs in order to bond properly and to attach properly because of the situation. And so then you have to like build that from whatever place the child gets out of the incubator. Or what about children that didn't get that at all? They had a, a parent that didn't want them and got rid of them or leave them in the crib for days and days and days without really a lot of care, you know, just picking up to maybe feed and then putting back. Th these are situations that really deeply affect us. And when you think about foster kids, they don't have a lot of those basic needs met. And so they're going and going and going and going to get it because they're starving internally. And this is why when we've had life situations like this, where we didn't get our needs met as kids, it takes so much time because we had to learn different ways of coping and protection. And even I've noticed people that have had, that didn't get those basic needs met, they had to build walls 
around even any sort of intimacy because they probably reached and reached and reached and reached and weren't met. And so you now you have all of these onion layers of protection to keep you from intimacy. And then you got to pull back each layer of what is there and why it's there and then undoing that. But that takes time. And that takes a lot of grace. That takes a lot of love, a lot of moving in from someone who can do that, who can say, yeah, like, of course, of course you had to protect your heart in that way. Of course you had to do this in order to not, you know, feel that because that was too alone and painful. And the truth is that that has kept you from the very nutrients that you need in order to heal and grow. So that's why we need all of it. The grace, the truth, and the time, it all has to be within that context in order for us to heal. Now, as somebody who's walked through betrayal in my marriage, and then I know a lot of people that listen to my podcast have been through that as well. This is hard for us that those of us that have been betrayed because we are like our needs have gone unmet and we've been starving. And then we find out they've been doing this stuff behind our back that has been so damaging and so not nurturing and so disconnecting. And we are like in this place of like, I need you to hurry up and get better, which makes a lot of sense. And I have felt that way at times as well. And I remember, (laughs) I remember at the beginning of recovery, my husband saying to me, I'm scared that you're not going to be able to wait for me to be able to, you know, heal. And I was like, I don't know if I can wait for you because I'm pretty pissed about the behavior that you've done and the betrayals that you've done. And, and here it is sometime later now, you know, we're, we're almost about four years into this and it's like, I'm, I'm glad I was able to wait because in the waiting, I did my own work in the waiting. I started to process my own healing in the waiting. I gained this amazing coaching business in the waiting. I've been able to be a better parent because I turned the focus from him to myself. And I was like, I'm no longer going to focus on you. I'm going to focus on me and the needs that I have. And I'm going to go with people that can help me in this process. And that's what I did. And then what was so crazy is over time, he's healing and growing and the expectation for him to meet me in a certain way, because, you know, of course, there are things that we all desire and connection and all of that, but the desire is there, but it's not killing me because it's like, I understand that some of this wasn't developed. So it has to be over time. There has to be mismatch experiences for him in order to, you know, undo another layer of the onion. And the same for me, like I have to have mismatch experiences in order to undo these onion layers. And so I have found that with understanding the grace, truth, and time, this ideal growing environment, that things are shifting and they are changing. And I have a lot more grace for it because of my own healing and my own process. So with all that being said, where are you at with your process or where are you at in the process with somebody else? You know, for yourself, are you expecting that you are that you've arrived by now because i got to be honest with you you're never going to arrive it's it's not a destination it's a journey that's what healing is 
And I hear a lot of clients say to me things like, oh, I already dealt with this. Why is this happening here again? It's like, well, it didn't get dealt with. I mean, you may have thought it did, but you're still embodying it. It's still here emotionally. It's still present. And that's okay because now we can be in the space to help you heal. Or maybe there's somebody else that you're needing to have arrived by now and you don't have the grace for it. Can I just say like, that's okay too. Go to people that you can talk to about that. If you are frustrated that things are not shifting quicker in your marriage relationship or with family members, you're wanting them to heal quicker and they're just not there. Go to those people that you know you can go and have that safe space to share. And also I want to encourage you, it is important to understand that it is going to take time and maybe you can't wait for that. And that's okay too. You can make that decision for yourself. However, if you're understanding that, you know, you are going to have to wait and you're frustrated about that, then have those people that you can share those things with. So what's the ideal growing environment? You have grace. It's where, you know, there is the space to explore and discover what is here, what is present, what's happening inside, what feelings, emotions, and body beliefs and bodily sensations are happening. We've got truth, sharing the truth of what really the circumstance is. Okay. Like you really are right now, pretty much like a five-year-old emotionally. What is that like to know? And to know the fact that you've used a mask or an addiction to cover that up so people didn't know that about you. What is that like to know? Truth, right? This is the truth. And time, knowing that we are pulling back an onion layer by onion layer by onion layer process because we have maybe parts of us that were pushed away for so long that need somebody that has capacity to move in and be be in it with them and move towards those parts. I hope this gives you a greater understanding of what the ideal growing environment looks like. Thanks for listening. If you have found today's podcast helpful, please like subscribe and share. If you are interested in coaching with me, go to www.identitylife.coach. And you can also find me on Instagram, identity.life.coach.